Welcome to the WordPress Photography Podcast, the podcast for photographers who want to learn how to get the most out of WordPress to grow their photography business. You don't need to be a geek to understand WordPress. Settle back and listen as we show you how. Now, here's your host, Scott wyden Kivowitz. Welcome to episode 12. My name is Scott wyden Kivowitz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Rachel from Photoscribe. Hey, Rachel. Hey, Scott. How are you? Good, good. Um, so... Last week, we uh, or last episode, was with uh, Andrew Funderburg from Fundy Software, Fundy Designer. Um, that was a great conversation, um, even with little live demos of the new version 7, which is amazing. So yeah. that, was, that was a lot of fun. Um, and then you got to see him a couple days after we recorded the podcast at the Connecticut PPA. Yep. Um, so that was, that's going to be pretty cool. Yeah, and you know, I, I thought he really dropped some good nuggets about WordPress itself and then storytelling and how it all kind of comes together for blogging and content creating. So it was a great episode and then good to see him in person. Yeah. And I'm excited for today's episode. Yeah, today we have my friend Colby Brown with us. Hey, Colby. Hey, Scott. How's it going? Hey, Rachel. <laughs> hey. Good. Um, so Colby Brown is a photographer or photo educator an author based out of Boulder, Colorado, uh, and he specializes in landscape, travel, and humanitarian photography. His uh, photographic por portfolio spans the four corners of the globe, literally. Um, throughout his work, one can see that he combines his love of the natural world with his fascination of its diverse cultures. Each of his photographs tells a story of life on this planet. Colby can be found providing education in many platforms, including his own WordPress website, through the Sony uh, websites uh, and social media, because he's also a Sony artisan, and uh, courses on Kelby One. I believe you have more than one there, correct? Yeah, I think I have two or three over at Kelby One um, right now. Yep. Yeah. And uh, Colby also runs the amazing nonprofit photography company called The Giving Lens, which we'll dive into a little bit uh, during the episode. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about that. I just checked that out, and it's it's awesome. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, I'm always excited to talk about The Giving Lens. Yeah. <laughs> um, so before we dive into what's going on with Colby, let's do uh, the, the traditional let's talk about WordPress photography-related news. Um, I've got two short ones for everybody today, one being... Uh, oh, by the way, before I even, I guess, talk about that, in the last episode, we talked about 4.5 beta 3 um, of WordPress. Now beta 4 is out uh, by, by the time we're recording this. And then by the time this airs, 4.5 should actually be out because it has a release date of mid or early, uh, mid early, I think it was like the 12th of April. So, and, and that's the one where you want to make sure about the image compression, right? Correct. Yeah, the image okay. compression, that's a big thing. So listen to the last episode, episode uh, 11. Um, to learn more about that. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, two bits of news. Automatic, the company behind WordPress.com, has released a new theme called Dyad. I think that's how they're pronouncing it, D-Y-A-D. It's a new theme that's very visually oriented. It's designed for more food bloggers, but can actually work really well for photographers, and it's free and available now in the WordPress theme directory. That's great. WordPress.com and WordPress.org, there's always a lot of confusion between the two. Um, WordPress.com com is the uh, for-profit version of the wordpress.org so anything that they release uh, you would assume has gone through a ton of testing and you know really been through the wordpress uh, I don't even know the word like wordpress 
the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so I tend to really trust things that come out from that, from WordPress.com. Yep, and I mean, automatic also makes the the, the year, the, the default themes that are based on years, so right. 2012, 2013, that come with WordPress.org when you install right. it. Um, so the other bit of news is Shopify just launched a new plugin for WordPress, which is free. It allows users to add a buy now button anywhere on their site and load the checkout from Shopify for a somewhat, somewhat seamless feel. It does require a Shopify account, though. Um, so, um, you know, there's a lot of photographers that sell ebooks. For example, Colby does, I do, Rachel does. Um, and sometimes there's photographers that use Shopify instead of WordPress. To each their own, of course, because everybody has their own specific requirements of what they want. Um, and now photographers who are using uh, WordPress and Shopify have a solution that somewhat seem, you know, um, blends the two together. And my friends at WebDev Studios actually designed that uh, with the Shopify development team. So um, I'm happy to see it out there because there's always room for e-commerce in the WordPress space. Um, but again, it does require a Shopify account, which is a paid account uh, in order to use this free plugin. Right. It's nice to see it happen for sure. I mean, Shopify is a pretty powerful program. You yeah. know, obviously, we we understand the 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 benefits of of you know trying to work in the WordPress you know uh, ecosystem. But uh, it's nice to see them kind of work together. I actually just uh, had my designer, um, web designer, create a new Shopify shopping cart for my own website that I actually haven't launched just yet. So I'm actually excited to see this to see a little bit more a little bit more integration between the two and let them play well together, hopefully. Uh, at least on paper, it sounds good. Yeah. So let's dig into what's going on with you. What's, what's new in the Colby world? Um, you know, travel, travel, travel. I travel about six months out of the year or so. I, I just got back from three weeks working um, above the Arctic Circle in Iceland and Norway, uh, leading some workshops and working on a, a few marketing campaigns for some partner companies. Um, I leave on Friday for Patagonia. I'll be gone for three weeks down there, setting up projects for 2017 um, uh, to um, yeah to to kind of explore there. It's been about five years since I've been back down there, so I've been kind of prepping and and planning for a nice fun adventure down in one of my favorite mountain regions in the world. Um, so yeah, I it's I mean same old same old. Just keep <laughs> traveling, keep keep working on projects, stuff in Iceland and Africa this summer, kind of all over the place, but. You know the whole the whole uh, idea of photographing the four corners of the world is uh, is pretty much true every single year because of uh, because of the projects I work on, which are, are quite nice. I've I've done a lot of um, I spent a lot of time and energy to get to where I am today. This is um, I've been doing this for ten years now, so I pretty much only work on projects that I want to, whether it's for my own companies or in tandem with other companies to partner with. Um, and so every time I leave the house, which is unfortunate to leave my family, uh, at the same time it's always on my own. Uh, volition, so it's kind of a nice setup. So can yeah. we back it up and sort of talk about how you started and and what companies you run versus what you were saying where you work with other companies? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I guess to start off, I, I right now own two companies. I'm starting a third this year. Uh, the main company is Colby Brown Photography. Uh, then I also have the Giving Lens, which uh, Scott mentioned before, uh, which coincidentally Scott was a uh, a part of the initial inception. God, what five years ago now? Mm -hmm. Something like that. Um, uh, and the Giving Lens is the, it, it blends the idea of um, photography as an art form to help make a difference 
in the lives of people around the world. We partner with local NGOs. We champion a specific cause for each one of our trips that we offer. Child education, clean drinking water rights, species preservation, uh, women's vocational programs, um, all sorts of stuff. Every trip is different. And then each trip acts as a fundraiser. Um, and so that kind of keeps um, uh, some of my staff uh, busy. I have a, a few employees and a lot of independent contractors that kind of help me uh, run that organization now all over the globe. We've about eight to ten trips a year um, doing these fundraisers slash educational um, uh, trips in different developing countries in Africa and Southeast Asia, South America, Central America, stuff like that. And then Colby Brown Photography is a little bit more standard uh, marketing campaigns with big tech companies like Sony, Toshiba, um, Wacom, Microsoft, uh, Samsung, stuff like that. Also do some destination marketing wrapped around social media. I have about 3.6 million people that follow me through different social channels um, uh, as well as uh, through my uh, uh, website, uh, WordPress website. And all that gives me a lot of leeway in order to um, have the conversations with companies to not only create interesting content um, through these different marketing avenues, uh, but also to leverage uh, my followers in order to uh, essentially be my own marketing arm. So even companies like Microsoft or Sony or Samsung want to work with me a lot of the time because I have these large following numbers. And then I get to leverage that in order to, again, work on the projects that I want to work on. Great. And so, so, so why WordPress and, and how did you build up that following? Like where did you get, how did you get to where you are? What advice would you have for photographers just starting out? Well, you know, I guess let's start with the, the why WordPress. Um, you know, uh, Scott knows I've, I've kind of worked with SmugMug for a few years on just gallery hosting for some of my stuff. And that's kind of seems to be a slow transition. I'm trying to work away from that a little bit. They do great work with, with certain things that they do, but I've always felt that WordPress, WordPress gave me the complete customization that I always want. And as a meticulous entrepreneur, um, it's really hard for me to... Um, to take away some of that customization. And at the same time, uh, one of the biggest driving forces for my brand, um, uh, which has been instrumental in helping with social media, is the blog, is, is the fact of a blogging platform. Right. And, you know, it's kind of cliche to say that content is king and, you know, everyone needs a blog. But in my world, um, the blog is massive. Like, I've always taken what I consider uh, to be a Grand Central Station strategy or philosophy towards uh, marketing in general, which includes social media. And by that, I mean that my Grand Central Station is my website. So my website is where I control all different facets. I control how it looks. I control yep. how the user experiences. I control how, how image compression works. I control color themes. Like, everything I can control. Um, whereas on social platforms, there's millions of people and in some place billions in places like Facebook, but you have no control. So I can't control how much reach I have. I can't control, you know, the look of my, my page. Maybe I can upload certain photos or a cover photo, but that's about it. Um, and so I try to think of social media as these satellite cities that essentially I'm creating content. A lot of the time, um, it's content specifically for those social platforms, and I'll create something specific for photo or for Facebook, and then upload something different to Google Plus, and then upload something different to Instagram each day because I think there's a lot of crossover in a lot of different platforms, and I don't like to bore people. And, and ultimately, with the idea is when I have something important to share or to bring people uh, some important reason to bring people back to my website, then I include. Uh, those links, whether it's a standard uh, straight-up link scrape or whether I'm uh, just including a link with some uh, visual elements, things like that. And that has allowed me that that cross-linking 
um, and cross-connecting has allowed me to leverage certain social platforms when they've reached their peak or pinnacle or have I've had momentum in to benefit my other places so that if yep. Facebook got big for me, then I can use Facebook to help me grow my Instagram followers or Instagram starts getting big, I can help that to grow my Snapchat, which I'm, I'm getting more and more involved in. And that idea of kind of cross-linking with the intent of creating unique uh, unique content that is specific to the market demographics um, for my readership on my blog or through these the idea of satellite cities has allowed me to uh, grow quite exponentially big. Now, I'm, I'm not the most followed photographer on the internet by any means, um, but I'm pretty high up there in terms of that um, quote-unquote influence, which is not necessarily a, a label I like to, to, to use, um, but it's certainly a pretty standard um, uh, pretty standard within the industry. Um, well, I love how you said meticulous, meticulous entrepreneur. <laughs> I think that you know really sort of exemplifies entrepreneurs who do what you do, which is uh, encompass all sorts of social media. Do you have a? You mentioned a team in some capacity. Do they help you with some of that social strategy, or is that something that you do yourself? You know, I, the independent contractors that I hire and, and, and few employees um, do a lot of things for me, and that was definitely a, a very important, challenging lesson was the idea of the value of outsourcing because I think as any entrepreneur understands, as you, as you gain more success, as you build more of a brand, your biggest commodity, your biggest asset is no longer your skill. Right. It's time. Like once you get to a certain level uh, in any industry, and photography is certainly no different, um, everyone's creating good content. After that, it matters of how you're leveraging your brand and what you're doing with your time and energy. Um, and so for me, it's uh, you know it, it's it's really important to kind of um, to, to 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 push out. Um, and, and to let other people help me in, in areas that I don't feel that I'm strong in. Um, social media is something that I've been very fortunate to have a pretty firm grasp on, whether it was my, my light background in, in psychology when I was going through college, um, uh, to just you know being very, very meticulous in, in um, you know statistics and all those things. I just I love um, I love the idea of social interaction, and for me, I've always I, I've it's always just come a little bit easy for me. If I, um, I don't necessarily want to say that in a, I don't want to say that in a condescending way, but it's um, a lot of the different strategies that have worked successfully for my brand over the years have uh, have been pretty standard thought processes. It wasn't like I was like, oh, I'm, I need to do X, Y, and Z, and then X, you know, these four things and this five things, and then that equals success. It's like I want to be personal, I want to be humble, I want to be honest, and I want to be connected. I want to be reachable. And so uh, for me, it's very hard to separate my brand because my name is my brand compared to if my company was right. um, something else where then a bunch of people could do it. Like if I'm not answering my emails or um, at least in some regard, or if I'm not responding to, to social media or jumping back in the comments, that's taking away from the brand that I've built. And right. so that's a constant challenge as you grow, as you get bigger, as I push out and you know, I share something on Facebook and I get thousands of interactions and, you know, hundreds of comments and I want to go back in as much as I realistically can and, and reply back to questions and things like that. Um, it's important. It's important to me and I think it's important to my followers and so because of that I don't outsource that stuff but um, 
you know, one of the most common things I get, for example, from my website, you know, is through my contact forms. People reach out to questions all the time. Um, questions about gear, questions about how to make a living as a photographer, questions about travel, and I always respond. Now, sometimes it's a week or a month away because I'm busy traveling, like I'm going to Patagonia, I'm not going to be connected, but I always try to respond, and nine times out of ten, the response that I get from my response is that I can't believe that you actually responded. And in my mind, it's like, who isn't responding? Like, right. Who, right. who wouldn't take the time? If, if you took the time to write me a question, um, why wouldn't I take the time to write back? And so that becomes a hard with time management, but I think it's vital. And so because of that, um, I feel that my version of social media is very personal, and that's hard to outsource, almost impossible. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I want to... Um... I originally had a, a, a one topic to bring up, but I think I want to shift a little bit because you brought up two th uh, one thing, really two things that I want to address. Um, first one I think will be a quicker answer, so I'll start with uh, n my number two first. Um, okay. So you uh, were doing a lot on Google Plus when they first came out. You even wrote a book on Google Plus, um, and you still use Google Plus. Yeah. But has it shifted? Um, more lately to Facebook as the more important avenue for yourself and why do you think that is um, that there's a shift if, if there is a shift it's a good question uh, I think there definitely is a shift um, you know I, well I think there's a shift internally within these um, uh, within these social platforms um, what I saw was that when Google Plus came out, a lot of people were fed up with Facebook, and to be honest, most people are still are. Um, and they wanted a different alternative. They were kind of bored with Flickr, and, and so Google Plus offered a pretty beautiful UI at the time. Um, uh, very good image compression. Images looked good. Um, uh, and it was, it was a thriving photo community. Now, that's still there, but what happened was that, you know, and I wrote about this in my book. So my book came out in 2000. 13, I believe. Uh, I think it was 2013. Maybe it was 2012. Anyway, it was not that far after Google Plus first launched. And in it, I um, I lay out in my introduction the idea that Google Plus is not a social network. It's an interest network. And and that was my interpretation of that is that the social networks where I go to connect with my wife or my son or my family or my friends, my colleagues. Places like Google Plus are interest networks. It's like Pinterest where you're going to connect with other people that share your interests and your passions. They're strangers, but they're strangers with a, a common ground. Um, I think for Google internally, they... They wanted it to be a social network, and they fought for it, and they probably made, and, and I, I'd probably say that they made a few bad choices in terms of forcing it on people, mm -hmm. um, uh, and and then that shifted and changes with all the internal structure and changes that happened with Google in the last year, separating to Alphabet. Right. Uh, Google has now streamlined itself a little bit more in terms of its focus. Um, it's still around, and it's still viable. It's still important. It still drives a lot of traffic for me. It's still a great place to connect with photographers. But because I personally do a lot of, I have my hands on a lot of different pots between, you know, the eBooks we talked about to the workshops, the marketing campaigns. Like I have different reasons to be on different platforms. So for me, Google Plus is still important, um, and it still allows me to fill workshops. It still allows me to sell some stuff, and it still allows me to drive traffic. Now, maybe some of the conversations are getting better on Facebook, but a lot of that has been because of competition. So right. if you remember correctly, when Google Plus first came out, like, um, Facebook freaked out a little bit. Like, uh, you know, they started <laughs> making some changes pretty quickly, which was awesome. Between, even, even mimicking design. 
Absolutely, mimicking design. They did. Cool. They they brought back the idea of, of keeping metadata um, yeah. that was that was stripped out for a long time. Um, uh, they've done you know obviously crazy both good and bad things in terms of the algorithm, which used to be edge rank, and now I don't even remember what it's called now in terms of how how people are seeing what. But I think I think the conversations. Um, the, the converse, where the conversations are happening are certainly shifting a little bit. I don't think that Google Plus is any more or less important. It's part of a cog or a wheel. It's a great place for photographers if you're interested in inspiration or connecting with other photographers. They still do the daily challenge, the, the weekly challenges, the photo challenges. You have communities. You have the new collections. Like there's still a lot going for it. Um, but I think a lot of people are also still looking for alternative stuff. I've seen some people leave. I've seen new people join. It's all sorts of. It, it's very different. Um, but I think that's a really important thing when it comes to social is for photographers that are listening is to define out why you're there. I think a lot of people don't understand or haven't really taken the time to fully dive into that question of why am I on social media? And a lot of times photographers reach out to me or they're on my workshops and they're asking these questions and it's like I want to sell prints. I'm like okay, great. Um, playing devil's advocate, if you're connecting with other photo communities, you're connecting with other photographers now. What are the percentage of other photographers that actually want to buy your stuff rather than hang their own? But if you're selling workshops or ebooks, connecting with other photographers is great. If you're trying to, to book weddings, that's a very different demographic. So trying to figure out which platform or, or which platforms to focus your time and energy on really depends on what you're trying to get out of it. Um, and it's really interesting because things like Instagram in the last few years and more recently things like Snapchat have drastically changed specific avenues of social media influencer marketing because of the real-time nature of things like Snapchat and the fact that content dies after 24 hours. Or Instagram up until recently had a real-time feed. Um, to allow people to to see everything, assuming that they're online and, and checking it, um, have really um, disrupted the whole social sphere. And yeah. it's really interesting to see how the cards fall um, in the next you know couple months to year or two to see um, where people are starting to put their influence. Let Let's talk about Snapchat because that was my number my my first question, which is now number two. <laughs> um, so uh, I'm on Snapchat. Uh, you're on Snapchat. I'm on Snapchat. Rachel's on Snapchat. <laughs> Rachel's on Snapchat. Um, so you're you're definitely using Snapchat more in your overall marketing uh, efforts. Yep. Are you seeing now? It's, I'm t I'm this question's coming at you from um, photographers to consumers and also photographers to business, right? Okay. Um, do you see Snapchat as a platform to gain new clients or to engage with current clients? Ooh, good question. Um, and it depends on who we're defining as client, because my client might be different than your client. So right. for me, for uh, finding uh, getting new clients, Snapchat absolutely. Um, you know, for me, I'm again working with businesses. I can sit there and say I get X number of interactions to Microsoft. Let's do a campaign wrapped around this or with that. Um, if you're doing event photography or wedding photography or other things, it might be a little bit different. Um, but I think it's interesting because uh, I, I wrote off Snapchat for a long time. And for the most part, like, I have my ear to the ground with social media because it's so important into my brands. And I knew that it was gaining steam, and I just couldn't get my head around why it was important uh, until uh, probably, you know, six months ago or something like that. And I was like, you know what, I, I finally get it. And what clicked was the fact that um, the idea of exclusivity. So if we think of analogy in terms of prints, 
So if we think of um, if you're selling prints, you're doing your fine art landscape photographer, say you're selling prints and you're selling normal prints. You sell a hundred thousand of standard prints, like every print is the same. Um, you're going to charge a hundred bucks for a sixteen by twelve or whatever it is. But you start doing limited runs, and all of a sudden the um, the the shelf life of those uh, those prints is much smaller. The exclusivity, the value of it, has grown. The same things happen with Snapchat, where that value for brands is so is gaining so much steam because it's now. Because when your followers interact with you, they interact with you in real time. They're 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 following you every day. Now, if I share a snap out there and I get 700 or 1,000 people interacting with it, and then you multiply that maybe 10 chaps, uh, snaps in a day for a trip I'm coming up to Patagonia. All of a sudden, I'm reaching 10,000 people live that are watching every single bit of my story um, on Snapchats, um, and that is a huge level of influence, of, of being able to, to use that for branding. I use it to teach people about Stony or how I'm planning, you know, packing for trips, but you can exponentially see the value for that type of stuff. So for me, I think branding, uh, using things like Snapchat to engage with followers from a brand level in terms of uh, in terms of marketing I think is the next big thing I think it's the next Instagram Instagram's had its bubble for a while and it's I don't think it's burst just yet but it's kind of I think we're gonna start seeing a downward slope especially with the new changes to the algorithm yeah um, where companies like Mercedes-Benz were spending eight to ten grand per post uh, uh, getting influencers to uh, create stuff about them. Now, I wasn't at those numbers, but a lot of the time I was making anywhere between a thousand to three thousand dollars a post for some of the marketing stuff that I did for certain companies, um, and that's decent money for, for for this type of stuff. I think we're going to exponentially see people move over to things like Snapchat because of that, um, the valuation of that instant. Um, instant interaction, instant, instant feeling. Now, I hope that they change a few things. It would be great to have some more interacting or hyperlinks or all sorts of other stuff, but that's kind of more of a utopian ideal, and that might dra drastically shift the valuation of, of where the content's coming well, from. And this is where I struggle with Snapchat. Not, not that I struggle with it, but, you know, there are now things like Periscope was the first, and then yep. Meerkat, that whole big, and then bringing on Google Live, uh, not yep. Google, Facebook Live on Facebook, mm -hmm. you know, we are a podcast about WordPress because we believe that WordPress is a great place for your website. It's a great place to have your content and keep your content so that people could come back a year, two years from now. So my issue with Snapchat is, and, and the question that I have is, you know, what do you ever think that those, just because it goes away, do you lose some of the marketing pop, you know, by it being limited to that 24-hour window? You know, I, I think that was one of my... Um, uh, biggest holdbacks as well is that idea of why am I creating content? Like, like I think as content creators, I'm probably sure we all agree that like the idea why we've been able to find success in our specific verticals is because we've understand how to maximize um, our skill sets and maximize the content we're creating. So when right. I I create a content for a Microsoft or for Australia um, government or Canadian government, whatever, I'm trying to leverage that content into like 12 different places. Like right. even if I'm getting paid for two, I'm gonna sit there and build into the contract the fact that I can leverage that stuff to go other places. So that mentality held me back from Snapchat where it's like mm -hmm. I'm creating this stuff and then what the heck am I gonna do? It's gone. Right. Um, but once I, I wrap my head back around that idea again of the instant interaction and the fact that you can save your my stories. So what I do when I go on a date, like a, on a trip or I was just in uh, Iceland and Norway, like I mentioned, I'll create maybe 10 to 12 snaps a day. And like I said, I'll get that interaction 500 to 1,000 generally per snap. 
and after a 24 period, the same time every single day, I'll save, I'll, I'll save that my story, and that essentially gives me that 24 hour window in a. I think it's not. I think I don't even think it's 720p. It's something pretty pretty bad. But then I can then take that video. Um, which unfortunately is vertical video, which is another problem. Um, and then and then and then share that onto to Facebook or share that onto Twitter or or Google Plus, and then use that content to pull pe- more people into so um, my Snapchat. So you do Snapchat. you do share it? So I do share that stuff. Okay. It's limited. Um, right. That was a little bit of the saving grace. Now I, I still think the exclusivity is important, and at the same time, um, you know, I, I think it's common for a lot of people, my, myself included, at times to look at social platforms in the same way. We, I, you know, I think a lot yeah. of photographers look at Facebook and be like, oh, well, what I'm doing on Facebook isn't working, but I'm going to try that same thing on Flickr, or I'm yeah. going to try that same thing on Google+, or on Twitter, or on Instagram. Um, as I mentioned before, like, I share different things to different places using different, you know, I'll, I'll differently tag uh, companies or use hashtags differently. I'll use, I'll use um, words differently in terms of how I'm describing comments and things like that, because all of that matters on each of these different platforms. And in that same vein of the uniqueness of the market demographics, as well as the user interface to how people interact and engage with these different platforms, I think Snapchat is unique in the sense where I'm creating content that for the most part, I wouldn't be creating content for other places. Like it's not like I'm gonna Snapchat something that I probably would Facebook, uh, I'd take a snap of a Facebook photo and then post it on Facebook. I'm going into it with a mindset that you know, I'm getting on my plane in, you know, to head down to Patagonia, and I'm going to give a few quick, you know, tidbits of what's happening. That's not something I would necessarily use to create a tweet or to create a Facebook post or Google Plus or an Instagram piece. So I'm creating content specifically with that platform in mind, and so because of that and the nature that I can still kind of save it, um, it allows me to get around that idea of I want to leverage everything that I do to 12 places because that's how I extend the value. That's how I can work with companies and say, hey, this is going to be a $20,000 project. Even if I figure my time is worth more, I then know that I'm going to be able to take that video content or those images that I've non-exclusively licensed to this company and then expand it out. Um, and, and so it, it sidesteps those challenges, issues as content creators um, once I change that mentality of A, the value of exclusivity or, or the value of real-time uh, shelf life um, uh, and then the fact that uh, I'm going to create content specifically for Snapchat knowing that I'm not taking away from this should be a Facebook post or this should right. be a, twi- a tweet. Uh, I have different strategies for each different platform. Thanks. So um, our next, oh go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say let's get okay. uh, let's go back to WordPress for a little bit. Um, <laughs> well, so I had actually a connection with that. So our next okay. section is like guest recommended WordPress plugins and or mm-hmm. themes and talking about all this social stuff um, and you, you know, doing most of it. Are there any tools that you use in WordPress or in these social to help sort of plan out? Because I love what you said about the strategy. You know, I think that, you know, you're spot on with um, doing different things to different platforms, but how do you do that as a solo entrepreneur? And you know, what do you recommend for photographers who are doing it all themselves? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, well, I, let's start with, I guess, um, a few things I recommend in terms of of WordPress focused plugins. So again, with the idea of the Grand Central Station, I'm creating a blog post, say, um, of uh, that will ultimately tie into either maybe products or services that I offer, or at least getting people into my universe. Then that I can sell workshops or do other things in a very low key, non I'm gonna market slap at you in the face. Like I can't stand when I get to a website and I get hit with a newsletter subscription right off yeah. the bat. Like I just can't. It doesn't work for me. Um, and so. 
for me, um, the idea of creating this content and then one is sharing it out to these satellite cities with, with the, the whole strategy I talked about, um, I've, I've used a handful of different social plugins, and Scott knows this well because I ask him quite a bit of questions you know, every other <laughs> month. Too. I'm like, well, what about this one? And I want this functionality, but this one does it better. Um, I actually recently moved uh, to Social Warfare as my uh, WordPress plugin of, uh, of choice. This came from, I went from uh, using uh, Monarchs for a bit, I've used a handful of other ones over the past years, and I found that Social Warfare, for me, um, gave the most um, value for the type of interactions that I wanted. And the main thing that I want is that, of course, I myself, like most of us, have seen our traffic drastically shift over the years from purely uh, desktop to at least half and half mobile, if not yeah. slightly leaning more towards mobile. And so for me, as people are reading my content or looking on my website, I, I, I wanted to maintain um, that social sharing aspects, including the social share numbers, because I have a decently popular blog and large social numbers, to sit there and um, always showcase that at the bottom of the screen. And there's only a few apps out there that do it. Um, uh, um, was it um, Sumo Me does it, um, uh, I think. Um, Social Warfare does it where on a mobile platform, if you scroll down to the bot, as you're scrolling down, at the bottom of your screen, will uh, it will uh, hold the placeholder for your social shares. And oh, if, you, if you limit it to three, uh, three social shares, then it actually shows the share count. So I can sit there and scroll down and say that, oh, this page, uh, this, this post of mine was shared by... 30 other, it had 30 tweets about it. I, it has, you know, a thousand Facebook interactions and, you know, 10,000 Google Plus interactions. And the reason for me that that's important is that I believe that social media is driven largely by both mob mentality yeah. and by the whole the snowball effect. Yeah. So the idea that uh, or I guess maybe not in snowball. Let's use the empty restaurant syndrome. I, I use that as a better analogy. <laughs> so you're walking down the street, and you get two restaurants across the street from each other. One looks good, but no one's inside. The other place has some live music, and people are hanging out. Which one are you going to interact with? Right. Like, which one are you going to go eat? The majority of people are going to go to the place where they there's a wait, so the food must be good, right? Yeah, but if there's no one interacting, then maybe this, this plate, the chef isn't that good, or the food's bad, or I'm going to get sick, or whatever it is. That same mentality, I, I feel happens uh, with social media where people interact with content a lot of the time because they're interested in the content and a lot of the time they're interested in the content because they see that a lot of other people are interested in the content so it kind of builds on itself so social warfare gives me that that uh, ability to not only in desktop but also in mobile to sit there and say hey I had this 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 uh, this post has 70 comments and you know thousands of interactions um, so that adds value uh, perceived value Right. Uh, for, for what it is. Um, the other one I'd probably say in terms of a WordPress plugin to, to, to not go too long-winded in my answer uh, mm -hmm. is probably actually just Yoast. Um, you know, I've, I find I that, that yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's a super popular one, and the reason that I, I like it, and there's probably a few others that do similar things, but um, again, being a meticulous individual, I like to control how my stuff is shared. So for the longest right. time, when people would share my posts on social media, which I appreciated, um, I didn't have the ability to control um, the link scraping. I didn't have the right. ability to control what image was used as my header file. It would just pull from the first one for, right. for my images and how my old website was uh, was chosen. That was actually a bad thing because the first image was actually a header file rather than uh, the actual content of the blog post. And so now with, with Yoast, um, I sit there and go in and I control 
um, the description, I control the title, I control the photo for Facebook, Twitter, and Google+, so that when people share through yeah. those things, um, I can, I'm controlling at least how it looks. Yeah. And to me, that's that's pretty important. The SEO yeah. benefits aside are, are quite nice, but I think a few other places do similar things. But I love that idea of controlling the link, link scraping uh, for how those links show up when people share them. So yeah. um, Social Warfare, Warfare and Yoast SEO both do the open graph uh, yeah. Features now. Uh, just for anybody who's um, watching, listening, uh, they play well together. So yeah. social warfare, warfare was um, coded so that if Yoast SEO is active, it's going to rely on the Open Graph based on Yoast SEO, unless you add Open Graph data in the social war warfare section, then it overrides what you did in Yoast. Yeah, makes um, sense. And social war warfare also has a Pinterest option, which Yoast does not. So you can yeah. specify what image you want used for Pinterest, which is important because Pinterest, you want a tall image um, specifically to first yeah. stand out. So Absolutely. Well, and I think this is a good conversation because we've definitely talked about Yoast almost at every podcast recording at this point, but it's always been for the SEO benefits. Mm -hmm. So I love that you've introduced it as like, because you can go in and, and control, you know, which image goes on Facebook and which image goes on Google Plus and what the titles are and that functionality. Yeah. Um, it's a little bit harder to find. It's hidden in the old version. It was hidden behind tabs. I don't actually know where it is in version. In the new one, it's, it's actually on your post itself. So as you create your post, at the, yep. as you scroll down below the actual content box, um, you'll have uh, just below it, on, at least on mine, um, is the Yoast section. And there you have multiple different tabs, uh, vertical tabs, actually. And each one of yes. them are okay. for... Facebook, Twitter, Google+, and then I can sit there and, like I said, control each each different right. one. And before, it. prior to version 3 of Yoast, it was horizontal tabs. Yeah, correct. But I know that they reversioned it. So yeah. um, so I kind of wanted to move into, we haven't talked about your charity at all, yeah. um, the Giving Lens. And is there anything that you do, I'm assuming that's a WordPress site, is there anything that you do on that that's different from your, your business site? Not necessarily. You know, I, I unfortunately the the blog over on on the Giving Lens has has kind of um, been side shelved as I've gone through a few reconstructions and rebuilds of uh, our WordPress universe of TGL. Uh, finally, now I'm in a, a very happy place where I love the look and the feel and the UI across the board from desktops to tablets to mobile. Um, uh, so outside of the blog um, uh, being uh, neglected a little bit. Um, most of the rest of the stuff is the same, and, and I'm actually using the same um, the same theme, uh, uh, same theme, uh, um, overarching theme for it, which is the X theme. So for okay. my website, I use uh, Ethos, which is part of that stack, and then for uh, um, for the TGL one, I'm using a different one. Actually, I can't remember offhand which one it is, but it gives a slightly different look and feel for it. And the reason for that is uh, specifically the um, the visual editor that they have called uh, Cornerstone has been instrumental in helping myself work with other individuals to really easily create templates for stuff that we're doing. So like for TGL, it's really easy to create a template for um, our workshop pages, uh, things like that. So someone that doesn't have a ton of HTML background can go in and I can, I can show them and train them how to create new stuff very easily. Yeah. And so I wanted to work in that same same aspect. But in terms of the overall focus, the feel, like if you go to both sites, there's a lot of similarities because that's just how I, I wanted things to, I, I know what I like. Um, 
but the usage is for most part the same, although like I said, with cool ground photography, driving traffic is more of an important factor for us right now, whereas TGL is still surviving um, and growing based on word of mouth and external right. um, content being driven back to us. So. Yeah. yeah, we've heard a lot about the X themes, huh, Scott? Yes, we have. Yeah. Um, in fact, uh, <laughs> I think three Imagely ambassadors are using the X theme. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's, good, it's, it's good stuff. I mean, it's, it's not perfect. You know, they, every once in a while they break stuff. And, and again, to be honest, I mean, I know with, uh, especially with, with, um, with Imagely, the, um, all the new themes and stuff that I've, uh, um, you know, that are, that are coming out and all the stuff, they're, they're crazily beautiful. And I think I told you, Scott, like, as soon as I'm ready for, like, a, a shift or a change in the look and feel, like, I, I, I totally would see myself going with one of those. Um, but for, for the longest time, I, I, there were so many struggles that I felt with a lot of WordPress themes out there that had certain elements that were good or whatnot. Uh, and for me, specifically, that ethos theme was just so beautiful because of my emphasis on my blog right. um, was, was so great. And then being able to integrate that um, fairly seamlessly, uh, certainly with a little bit of help uh, with you, Scott, uh, in terms of using like next gen uh, pro galleries and stuff like that for both my blog as well as the rest of my site kind of gives me a little bit of the best of both worlds uh, for my specific needs. Yeah. Uh, so it kind of works out quite nicely. Well, and we've heard too, we've talked about Divi themes on the podcast and we've talked, it all seems to come back to that um, drag and drop sort of theme thing that the cornerstone achieves in the X themes. Yep, yep, um, absolutely. And like I said, every once in a while, there's certainly frustration because, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, a new update comes out and things that are supposed to work don't. But for the most part, I, I do want to say that uh, the way that it's worked has really helped, uh, like I said, expedite a lot of different things for me where I now have a template created for my workshop pages. And so when I create a new one, it literally takes me uh, two seconds to duplicate that. And then within that, I have different, I can save different sections of my actual, um, uh, of my actual pages um, uh, or posts if I want to, to to recreate those and pull from templates instantly. Yeah. And so stuff like that, um, when it works, is uh, phenomenal. And it takes the difference between duplicating a new page, copying all the the HTML text, and then having to balance oh, yeah. everything else back <laughs> over. Uh, it makes it much more of a fluid experience. Definitely. Yeah. Um, anything that you want to add before we close up? Uh, anything about uh, you know something to look out for that you're doing either either at the Giving Lens or on your own photography site? Um, you know, TGL, we always have new trips coming up. We have uh, we just announced uh, return to Africa and Nicaragua this summer. I think we still have some spots available. I'm not sure. They usually sell out pretty quickly um, with my own stuff. Uh, if anyone's interested in visiting places like Iceland or Patagonia or Myanmar, stuff like that, certainly check it out at coleybrownphotography.com. Um, and uh, yeah, in the near future, I'll have a bunch of new content in terms of video tutorials and some new ebooks coming out later this year. Um, okay. But that's usually a couple months down the line. If uh, as soon as I invent a few more hours uh, during the day and a yeah. few more extra days during <laughs> you know, the week, it's funny. We just had a, an internal meeting uh, last week, I believe it was, and we were talking about stuff. And we were like, "Oh, if only there was time." And I said to one of our our, our head developer, I said, "You know." I think the next project from Imagely should be to develop yes. software that just adds an extra couple <laughs> hours to the day. I'd be um, okay with that. I'd, yeah. I'd, yeah. I'd be very happy. I, I, I could not go wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, that would, that would be awesome. Uh, I'm pretty sure that would deserve a Nobel pr uh, Prize or some crazy 
cool award if a developer actually managed to. Oh, and the coding would be called Einstein because that, <laughs> that, that that'd have to be fair. But there needs cool. to be algorithms for like times childrens are sleeping. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, yeah. Like, there's a lot yeah. that would go into that. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, it's, everything is conditional. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So, it should be um, easy, right? Yeah, yeah, it should be very easy. Um, all right, well, you know, so, so definitely check out Colby's website. Uh, it'll be in the show, na- show notes. Check out The Giving Lens also in the show notes. Also, we'll link to every uh, everything that Colby brought up, all the different the, the, the plugins he brought up, the theme he brought up. Um, and, uh, and, and, and we'll tell you all his, um, we'll tell all of our Snapchats because it sounds like, you know, for photographers, I think that there is something there. So check it out if you're not on it. See what yep. it's all about. Play around with it. You can't break it. <laughs> Absolutely, yep. experiment. Have some yep. fun. Yeah. And yeah, try. To, my only recommendation is is define. Try to define out that strategy from the get go because I yeah. see a lot of people that are like mixing, um, a, doing a a not a seamless mix between their personal and their business. And I yeah. think that you kind of have to pick a little bit of one or the other. Um, I don't necessarily want to you know see your coffee drink every morning, so I'm not going to follow you on Snapchat. But if you're showing some cool stuff you're using for education or inspiration, absolutely jump in there and have some fun and, yeah, and, uh, yeah be a personality. Well, great. Awesome. Well, thank you for being here. Absolutely. Thank you guys uh, for having me. Yeah. So uh, you can find the show notes from today's episode at uh, imagely.com slash podcast slash 12. 12. Till next time. Thanks. Cheers. You've been listening to the WordPress Photography Podcast. To listen to other episodes and to subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and more, please visit imagely.com forward slash podcast.